It's not often that a game draws so much attention to its own save system. Today, we're going to be talking about the balance of pop prevail and how that affects the game's pacing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Commune Podcast. With me, I have yourself, Shouty, and Golem. I will be your host for today. My name is Adrian. Yourself, how have you been doing lately? What games have you been playing? I've been doing all right, and I've been playing Lufia 2 and Grand Theft Auto 5. Is GTA 5 any good? Yeah, it's better than I thought, but it could really lose the open world, and it would be twice as good a game. Really? Yeah, like, it does a better job of uh, progressing the action elements, like introducing new contexts for shooting and driving gameplay that um, generally keep it actually surprisingly fresh despite how long the game is. It's just that you don't need to drive around for 30 minutes in between every mission and do side missions and switch characters and stuff like that. Didn't you tell me uh, it was the Max Payne 3 devs that did the action? I mean, that did the entire game, Rockstar North, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Shelly, how have you been doing? What games have you been playing? Uh, I've been doing well, thank you. I've been... Uh, the last game I played was Splatoon. Oh, so, um, it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's Splatoon. It's the reason to buy a Wii U. Ah, uh, don't... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your lucky Wario fan isn't on this podcast. Wait, Wait. what other... Yeah, what other good Wii U game is there? Uh, Zombie don't, U, Wonderful 101, Pikmin 3. Don't say Sonic. Zombie U. <laughs> Zombie U. I'd and also just... Witch Sonic. Hmm? Golem Witch likes, Sonic. Golem likes Lost World. Golem likes Sonic Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, don't spread lies and uh, libel. Like, you know. well, Alright. That can be a new tagline. Golem likes Sonic Boom. So, Golem, how have you been doing? Uh, a little and what worse games lately. have you been playing? <laughs> um, I have also been playing Splatoon, and uh, someone... So, okay, like a week ago, I asked WarioFan, like, oh, why is there no Wii, Wii remote support? And then he sent me, like, this joke <laughs> image of, like, someone duct-taped a, a Wii remote to their pro controller, and I got a good laugh out of it. And right. then... Uh, I came to realize that wasn't a joke image. That's an actual feature in the game. Wait, you can play it with the Wiimote nunchuck? No, if you're doing the remote and pro controller. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you're doing the local multiplayer where you play against someone else, and oh. someone else has to use the TV, and if they want um, motion controls for looking around instead of doing analog controls, they can do that. They could, put, they could shoelace their pro controller with their Wii remote. It's probably the most insane thing Nintendo's ever done. I mean, that's just... It is truly bizarre. Why didn't they just make the Pro Controller have a Motion Plus in it? All right. Because that's, that's what the Pro Controller Plus is for. That's what the Nintendo brand tape is for. <laughs> Wait, there's a Pro Controller Plus? I've never yeah. heard of that. I'm, I'm joking. Are you lying? Yeah, there are too many. Okay, you're lying. I couldn't tell because that sounds like the actual, what they would actually name. That's the Nintendo NX or whatever. Uh, six Axis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the record, the, ax- the PS3 Six Axis sucks though. For the record, I've also been playing Splatoon. I just didn't feel like mentioning it. 
because everyone's been playing Splatoon. Whoever who has a Wii U or access I mean, to a Wii U, it is good. Uh, it's actually the first out. game that actually got me to play the Wii U. You played uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, but I didn't play through it. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't think that's an uh oh. That game doesn't. You played up. video games like one or four and a one. I tried it and didn't really care. Oh. This next section, we're going to be talking about being balanced. Both the small moment-to-moment action of combat and large-scale, how often you can save, when you can find shops, etc. Our game for today is Bothful Mail. Yay! All right. Why do we play Pop for Mail? I hope that's a uh, sarcastic yay. Um, it is. That game... I, I take full responsibility for everyone here playing Pop for Mail. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me be up front. I mean, this is supposed to be the last question, but um, and we'll get into details for what we may liked and did not like later. But um, uh, in summary, this game was a disappointment to me. <laughs> me too. But, yeah, <laughs> I, it couldn't have been a disappointment because I didn't expect it to be any good. But yeah, it was garbage. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was expecting something better. I mean, it's freaking Sega. Come on. But yeah, oh, you're expecting yeah. something good from Sega. Well, yeah, this was when Sega wasn't okay. Well, the Sega CD, but they were still making like good games. Yeah, but this oh. was developed by Falcom. I thought it Fal- was like. The original was by Falcom, and then Sega got the rights to redevelop it, right? Something like oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that, that yeah. was the case. Like the way that arcade ports would be developed by Sega, like Forgotten Worlds. I have no idea. I'll look up the credits. Yeah. For the way the game handed out money to you, did you ever feel like you never had enough money for anything? Or things like that? No. No, you never felt that? Okay. No. As far as money is concerned, I never had that problem either. Uh, as far as stats, though, I felt like everything killed you way too fucking fast. Well, unless uh, b- before we move on, uh, I definitely had to start farming if I wanted all of the equipment. Starting with World Three, although you don't need to equip all of your characters until at certain undisclosed point. Right. Yeah. Usually, you can have one of them uh, take on the boss. And stats. Who here is in agreement that um. You often find yourself dying fairly quickly. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you just don't get a whole lot of hits done, and uh, the damage values will do not a majority of your health, but like 30 to 40 for most bosses. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think you you hit on a good point about the hit stun. Uh, I guess to narrow down like what makes this, what is it about this game that you die so friggin' fast? One of oh. them is definitely the hit stun. Oh, yourself, you go. Part of it is also, I mean, there's a hit stun, but on a larger scale, when we're just talking about how many hits you die in, like, dying in three hits or four hits is not that crazy for a platformer. In fact, obviously, plenty are one-hit kill. It's just that this game is strung out so far that, or the levels are strung out so far that if you take two hits against one enemy, then you have the next 15 minutes to play perfectly. Yeah, I always just reload at that point, because you can save at every door. 
Right. And yeah. that's what it then comes down to. And I think that that is like a weird, that's where you get into why balance is a weird subject to talk about because does the save system balance the difficulty? It feels like save scumming. It, yeah. It, it's, I, I, I forgot to put that in the question. Um, that it, I have to. I also had to resort to save scumming in this game because that's what it is. And I don't, I do not like the save system. What did you think about the save system in general about this game? Do you like, or did you have to resort to saving at nearly every room or saving as often as possible? And did you ever have moments where you died and it's like, oh shit, I forgot to save. Now I got to do this last 30 minutes all over again. Well, I never had that happen. Luckily, I pretty quickly took to just saving at every room and, um, it's hard to complain when a game gets easy and the bosses are still challenging. So I didn't have too much of a problem with it. Yeah, if you realize that you have that saving is in your agency and you don't save at different points that the game provides, you get into the habit of saving as often as possible. Do you like doing that? Yeah, so I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I guess I don't really like that. A lot of my problem with that, aside from the fact that it just creates a really weird pace for the game, is that in, like, an adventure-type game like this, like, it's one thing in a strategy game, I'm not a fan of saves coming there either, but in an adventure game where you're doing exploration, if you save at every room and you don't ever re-traverse areas, then you don't commit anything to memory, and you end up in a situation where it's really easy to save in, like, the middle of some dungeon, not play the game for five days, and then have <laughs> no sense of direction whatsoever. <laughs> and and even beyond that, just if you get stuck at a part for 30 minutes because you're replaying the same room over and over again, you get to the point where it's like, wait a minute, which direction was I trying to go? Which of these other paths have I explored already? And I think it really undermines the structure. Like, replaying parts of a game is an integral part of learning a game. <laughs> it doesn't help when a, a popful male also asks you to double back over yourself and then redouble. And then redouble yeah. three more times. Yeah, you don't remember how many times you redouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess dialing it back to the question of just balance with the stats. Uh, realize that it is sort of intertwined with one, how often they save, because this game has no checkpoints. There's no Metroid save station or anything like that. So that's one thing to consider. But it's also just the fact that um, earlier we mentioned about the hit stun and how it's not uncommon. But the thing, the thing is, um, did anyone notice the issue with the camera in this game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly not the notice. All right, so it's who a... wants to do the honors of explaining what's wrong with the camera in this game? Yeah, Shadi, was that a contrarian um that I heard? Well, I guess you could have spaced it out a little bit further ahead, but it didn't really bother me. Oh, man. Yeah. You only <laughs> see one-third of the screen if you're moving full speed. Right. And then, like, the... Where with the front of you. What makes it worse is that Mail is the first character you get, and she's the fastest. So when you're trying to learn how the game works, your view is going to be very constricted because you're moving so quickly into something you can't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's 
just quite a bit of bumping into stuff. And then when you get to enemies that in particular charge at you or anything, it's very easy to just have an enemy attack you as soon as you're on screen or as soon as it gets on screen and then not have an opportunity to react to it. But uh, the the flip side is if you can hit an enemy and then time your subsequent hits appropriately, you can have it hit stunned until it's dead. Yeah, yeah. and there's another... Without even getting the stun lock, the middle screen dead zone also gives you the ability to scroll an enemy onto screen, then back up one-third so that you're out of its range and then just attack it from afar. I mean, that's not good gameplay, but <laughs> it's there. Yeah. I mean, you constantly go forward and then go back so you can see what's going on. Now, Mail herself, or actually I think it's pretty much all the characters, they have very short invulnerability time. Actually, I'm not sure at all. They have the knockback, but... They have yeah. invulnerability as long as they're getting knocked back, and I think once they stand, they're not invincible, right? I think yeah. that's what it is, too. There's got to be invulnerability time, because if you stand on spikes or lava or something, you don't just drain health. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I haven't been able to reconcile in my head is, like, Wonder Boy 3 has invincibility time just as wimpy. It only lasts while you're getting knocked back. But I never felt like it was as cheap as it is here, and I wonder if that's, like, a matter of enemy design... Maybe because you don't lose as much health, or maybe enemies aren't all on top of you. Uh, it definitely helps that I think if you take subsequent hits while invincible in Wonder Boy 3, you don't take subsequent damage until you exit the invincibility state. In Wonder Boy 3, doesn't your sword knock back a lot of enemies? Yes. I feel like that's a major component of it, where in Popful Mail, as we were talking about, you can stun lock enemies, but they stay in place when you do that. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an enemy that's creeping towards you, uh, like one of those mummies or something that takes 10 hits to kill, and he's getting just like two pixels in every time you hit him, then he edges closer and closer to you. Whereas in Wonder Boy 3, you naturally create space every time you hit an enemy. Yeah. In that game, even the bosses have knockback. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the main strategy. <sighs> what a good game. So one of the things that results from that, and I don't know if you guys have had this happen to you, is that if you do like a jump attack or something, you'll like hit them, but then, you know, you'll keep moving forward and you'll fall on the ground and then their hitbox reactivates and then they're right on top of you and you get bounced back. Yeah. Sounds familiar. uh, I find that happening a lot more with bosses because they're, you know, naturally a lot larger, so... The one in particular that I recently fought with could kill me really fast because you have to hit his like eyeball thing. I think it was the the world the last world four boss and it it is so insane how quickly he can kill you because of the fact that you will be stuck inside him, but the knockback will not push you out of him, so you'll be inside him and he'll like bounce straight up or he won't bounce at all and that's another problem there too. Yeah, I think the first world boss has that problem as well, the wood golem. That's stupid. Sometimes he doesn't even stun. Oh, so I actually have a couple of interesting notes on the wood golem. Um, first, enemies don't hit you while, or enemies can't collide with you while they are uh, flashing from getting hit. 
So right. um, because the wood golem doesn't get stunned when he's moving forward, you can cut him to get behind him and then stun him from behind. Um, and yep. also, this is just weird and arbitrary. Um, on his first body, he'll take hit stun when he's moving backwards. And on his uh, subsequent bodies, he will only take hit stun moving backward if you wait until after he starts his second charge. <laughs> what the yeah, hell? That sounds that, that super might... intentional. <laughs> uh, well, it's that... for one reason. <laughs> it sounds like a glitch. Yeah. Sure plays like one. So, yeah. It sounds like a, a programming oversight. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, in general, I don't feel like this is the kind of game that you should be dying as quickly as you do or just dying in as few hits because another thing, another trend that I found is often enemies will do just as much damage as the bosses. So if you have some bosses doing 30 damage to you, which, by the way, you only have a health of 100, so that's quite a lot. Uh, there are levels where enemies will do that much damage to you. You know, working designs did increase the damage done uh, when they brought it over here. And I almost wonder if, in its original Japanese form, it works as just sort of a casual, everybody wins kind of game, and you just play through it to hear some wacky voice acting, and the game puts up a challenge, but not much of a challenge. I think it would work well in that kind of scenario. Yeah, That's why I wanted to play it initially. Yeah, because to me, it's like a lot of, like, a lot of my gripes, like, I wouldn't gripe so hard about this game if I didn't die as quickly as I did, where I have to play incredibly conservatively. I have to relish every last healing item I can. So I hate having to use a healing item, and I especially hate having to wait an elixir. So anytime I get like hit even once, it's like, alright, time to reload the room, room again, because I know I can get through that whole thing without getting hit even once, so I don't have to waste my melons or my bananas or whatever. So it, that's just one of the things that I, why I really don't like that you die as quickly as I do. But another reason that I just figured out now is that the health drops are yeah. so rare and so minuscule as to be worthless. I don't think I've seen one of those since, like, the first hour of the game. <laughs> I remember <clears throat> farming for health in the Wind Cave. Um, that was pretty significant. Yeah, but it definitely spawns there. Yeah. It, but it only heals 5 HP, so that's why I never felt like... You only need 20. Or 19, I guess. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that's also tied into the system is that you have these really long stretches where you don't ever want to get hit because you won't have anything to heal you except the healing items that you've uh, already stacked up. And the thing is that if you get hit even twice, it's like, all right, I've got to go to the pause menu, use another healing item. All the bots hit me twice again, I've got to use another healing item. Give me twice again, i got to use another one and another one. And that can be kind of grieving. So... Part of that is the save system, which puts you at the beginning of each room. Part of that is the hit stun, which makes enemies take you out so quickly. Part of that is the localization, which ups the damage values. But also, <laughs> another part of that is that shops are unreliable. So you're reluctant to use health items because, well, I was anyway, yes, because yeah. I never know when the next shop is coming in. It's frustrating, like, why couldn't they just have put a shop on the map where, so that like I could rely on that? Yeah, or why don't, or why aren't there more of those treasure chest things? So if I go on the optional path, I can actually, or instead of just giving me one melon, why not give me five? So yeah, there's it's a lot of like 
tuning issues, I find. I think when you get into the actual design of the enemies, and I think more so the enemies than the levels, it also evidences sort of a tendency or an encouragement for a really safe style of gameplay where they just have really rigid patterns that are really easy to predict. And so because of the fact that you die so quickly, there's never any benefit to like trying to run past a bunch of skeletons after hitting them the first time, because it's like, well, you know, if he gets up after crumbling and hits me just once, (laughs) I'm screwed. So I'm just going to sit here for another 30 seconds and hit him the second time because it's really easy to do. Yeah. It's sort of the same way as the save system gives you that, like, easy out. It's also Uh, boring, though. Yeah, it is. But it's boring to die all the time, too. What adds to the safe style of gameplay is that you play with ranged weapons 90% of the time, and the enemies seem like their (laughs) patterns are built around you having a melee weapon. Yeah, I thought the action got a lot worse once... Well, not that I loved it to start with, but I thought it was, like, I was kind of okay with it when you just mail with a sword, and then once it turns out that all your other weapons are ranged, it just, it yeah, it just turned into that safety fest. Yeah, I thought it was weird when I saw them selling mail a boomerang. It's like, what? She has a sword. Why would you give her a boomerang? She gets daggers before boomerang. Say what? She gets daggers before boomerang. Well, if if it was another game where the boomerang was a stun weapon, then that would make sense. But no, it's a killing weapon. You use it in place of your sword. You only think boomerangs are stun weapons because of Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, boomerangs are killing weapons. You know, haven't you ever seen Road Warrior? No. No, I have. Have you ever seen. went to Australia no. and see a guy kill a kangaroo with a boomerang? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Can't they're say that either. Each other. They're killing each other right and left down there. If, if I'm not mistaken, aren't those like war boomerangs the kind that don't come back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're close. No boomerangs come really back. come back. I mean, yeah. they make an arc, but they don't come back to the thrower. Yeah. Whatever, it's a fantasy land. They can, I guess, they can let that one slide. So uh, we went through quite a few things there, didn't we? All right. Uh, next question. Were there any things about the game's mechanics or rules that you didn't figure out or figure out until later? I don't know if this is a problem that you, you might have had with the game. Yeah, there was actually one really big one that I missed, which was that you can switch characters. <laughs> oh. uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's no, like, tech joined your party. There's none of that. Yeah. I had no idea until I was stuck on the first world boss for a really long time. Or... No, it wasn't. Yeah, you don't him. have Tat then. No, it was the second world boss, the dinosaur guy. Goratus. Yeah, the oh, yeah. bonk boss. Um, oh, yeah, I got stuck on him for a really long time, so I went to YouTube to see how the hell you're supposed to fight him. And it was, oh, you're just supposed to switch characters and fight him. And that's what, how I learned that that was a feature. But I still use a male for the golem. Yeah, golem. No, not the golem, Goratus. Oh, Goratus. I still used mail from the Garatus. Yeah, Golem said he did too. I had a really hard time. Yeah, the Wood Golem said he used mail for Garatus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just can't tell who we're talking to here. <laughs> it's just the game. <laughs> were there any other things you didn't figure out? 
I didn't figure out you could save every room until like halfway through my first playthrough. Same here. And then so that's wait. when the start saves coming. Wait, then when you died, you had to play the whole game over. Well, I just... <laughs> I would save occasionally, and it never struck me that, oh, this is the room that I saved in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you thought you were just spawning at, like, the beginning of a level or something? Or there were checkpoints, maybe. Right. There sort of are. I mean, it's not technically safe scumming unless you s- it's a safe state, right? Uh, I mean, uh, well, would you say that, say, like, saving around every corner in Half-Life is safe scumming? Yeah. Um, it depends. Uh, probably yes. <laughs> Literally every corner? That's just playing boringly. I don't yeah, well, that's popful mail. I don't think there are as many corners as you think there are in Half-Life. Um, Half-Life or Half-Life 2? Uh, I don't know if it matters. Half-Life 2 doesn't really have any corners at all. That was the big advancement. Why it was <laughs> it's all circles. <laughs> that's, why they haven't, that's why they haven't been able to follow it up, because they were like, how do we make another game without corners? <laughs> it's impossible. Oh. There, there is a mechanic I didn't know about, but it's kind of a spoiler. Whatever. Because it's, it's later in the okay, yeah. So later in the game, get when you get Tat's final weapon. I didn't know you could use it as a homing shot. Uh, I did. That oh, one I didn't well. have trouble finding out. Um, I knew about what? his his fourth weapon, which is just a scattering shot, but I didn't know about the homing shot for the last. Yeah, I I don't know if you knew with the fourth weapon you could actually charge it up and have like a ring of those things. Yeah, I, I, that's, what I, that's what I mean. I know about that. I never found a use for that. Uh, I never, I didn't either because almost it would almost that's, never hit anything, and I would get hit before it, I. Could. It's also really weak. It's also uh, you're playing the game wrong if you're not using the flamethrower. Yeah, so <laughs> so if you thought you were gonna have like a cool like jewel satellite or pump man pump shield thing going on with that. Uh, Think again. Um, yeah. uh, regarding Tat's weapons, the one that I didn't figure out until a little later while I was fighting the boss after like my third or fourth try was that you could actually curve those shots up and down. Oh, I know about that. I didn't. I didn't think to me that. Oh yeah, you can curve your shots in this game. So I, I thought. thought home, I thought the homing shot was a curved shot, and I saw it being used against a boss in a YouTube video. Uh, well, it was like the second weapon you ever get for him. That was yeah. the first thing I tried with the boomerang was to see if I could curve it. Yeah, that's the boomerang. Everyone knows yeah. you can curve boomerangs. Yeah, but then I figured reapply the principle to the other weapons that are essentially the same thing. Yeah. In general, though, this game does not have too many like obtuse rules. You might learn nuances like how long enemies are stunned and mm-hmm. how long your attack will take to come out. Garanus takes the... I mean, not Garanus. God takes the most time to come out with his attack using a breath weapon. Yeah. Oh, the next question is, did you ever have trouble advancing through the game? So this isn't really mechanics. This is more like, where do you... We're finding out just where to go or how to get through something. Did at any point you get stuck? Like... Really? Yeah, I did a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of forced... managed to force my way through because there's not that many things to choose from except... Okay, well, no, I did get stuck at where your stuff got stuck with uh, the happy flames of death. That is actually what they're called. (laughs) That was really stupid because, I mean, that just, to me, reeks of bad design where it's like 
if you want me to kill all the things, you got to signal when I kill the first one that I've done something. Like, you can't just give me a really hard challenge and expect me to figure out. It sort of doubles the challenge. You not only need to be able to execute it, you need to figure out that you can execute it. Yeah, I tried hitting the fireballs and uh, didn't realize the weirdo rule about when you can hit them and when you can't. Right, that's such a weird hitbox. So it was just yeah. a platforming challenge. That no, yeah. it's not. I thought it was a platforming challenge too, where I jumped all the way to the other side, and then I get to the last crumbling platform, think, "Oh, it's probably going to be a cool moment where Slick, goddamn it, saves me." I really wish it wasn't <laughs> him, but it's probably going to drop a ladder or something. Nope, I fall to the pit and burn to death. So I'm like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck?" So I try it again. I'm like, "Okay, maybe I had to break that wall at the very end there or something." It's like, "No, it doesn't do anything." So it's like, "What do I do?" Especially when. Like, if it takes you, I don't know, like a minute or something, then it'll pop up a dialogue that says, oh, we need to find some way to open the door. Yeah, I think that's when all the platforms disappear. I don't... Yeah, several platforms are already disappearing at that point, I think. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, that's not a hint. Like, (laughs) I know that's what I'm doing. That's like saying, we need to find a way to not die. That's letting you know that the game is not over and that there is actually a way to clear the segment. Yeah, it gives okay. you that. <laughs> yeah, it tells you that it's not like an unconditional game over. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go find some other uh, secret hidden path instead of talking to uh, Davy Jones or whatever his name is. Venuncio. Uh, yeah. I also had an issue with uh, hitting the fireballs because in like my third attempt, or even my first and second, I noticed that you couldn't hit the fireballs, which is why I assumed, okay, just run past them, because yeah. these guys, you can't hit them. But when I looked up how to hit them, it's like, oh, you can hit them. So then I try hitting them, I was like, why can't I hit these damn things? So it's like, oh, it's much easier if you use Gauss Claw. So it's like, fuck. So I go and buy the claw thing, and then I'm like, yes, finally. And even then, I barely had enough time to do it. Actually, I think I died my first time trying to claw them on to death. Then I got it in the second one after that. The rule is that you can hit them while they have a face, right? Uh, I didn't know that. Thereabouts. It's like when they're in the top half of their arc. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when they make their face. Yeah. I feel like their name, Happy Flames of Death, should be a clue. Because that's when they're happy. Well, Well, you don't know their name until you You beat them. (laughs) Yeah. No, wait. Okay, I thought Venetia (laughs) said something about it. The thing is, if he had said something about it, that would be a sufficient clue. Like, yeah. uh, succumb to my happy flames of death and be like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Instead, thought- it feels like the challenge is the platform's deteriorating, so it feels like that's, like, the timer is what you need to be. Yeah, you th- you think the trap is, oh, I'm going to drop you into lava. You don't think the trap is, oh, these rising fireballs things are having keeping the door locked. But that's, at the end of the day, that's a pretty rare moment for Popful Mail where um, you often have trouble advancing because of some maze layout or some really difficult boss. It's rare that you <laughs> simply don't know what, you're stuck in a room and you don't know what to do. Yeah. I there think are... the lack of information provided there and the requirement to interact with something that it's not obvious you're able to interact with sort of does echo, for instance, in the mine when you have to talk to people in a specific order and then re-talk to them. Because 
again, the issue is that you're never given a hint that talking to people a second time is a thing that you can do. And you've been talking to people for the entire game. So suddenly the rules change and that's how you get stuck. Yeah. Uh, I thankfully did not get stuck on that, but that is, um, that moment there is like, this is something that I got to talk about on the podcast because I wonder if anyone else like either got stuck that they had to look it up or just spent a really long time. And when they finally got through, it's like felt unsatisfying or anything. It took me a while because it's not totally clear where you can go. There are lots of points where you can just drop off the bottom of the screen and it turns out that doesn't take you anywhere. So that that's a real red herring. And then when you finally learn where everything is, I mean, it takes long enough to get to that point, and when you get to that point, you realize, oh, the only thing I have left to do is to talk to everybody, so then you're retracing every single step you've taken through the mine. Yeah, and the mine, I think, has the most people you can talk to. Not only that, but they also sometimes have a voice dialogue. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what kind of makes it obvious that that's the one guy you have to talk to, but... Mm -hmm. In the red herring department again, like, if you come to him with gold, he just says, like, oh, I wish I could talk to gold or something really weird. And it's like, okay, I'm doing what the game is asking me to do, so... At that point, you have to go find the guards, right? And then yeah, you can give him gold? Yeah, you have to get... No, you have to talk to the dwarf, and then the door will open. Then you have to go through the door and talk to the guards. Yeah. And then you have to get the gold. And Well, you can get the gold at any point, but, yeah, then you have to bring the gold to the guy. And then you have to go talk to the dwarf again, and then you go back to the guards. Yeah, it's hard to draw any meaning out of that. Yeah. I guess you can say this is the most shallow kind of backtracking that I've seen because it's no Metroid, that's for sure. It's It really is just get you go back and forth through the same level that you've already been to. I think possibly even shallower is the Wind Cave, where you go find Slick, he's trapped behind a stalactite, then you go all the way to the left, and it's like yep. you see Gaul, and there's a wall, and then you just go back to Slick, he tells you something else, then you go back to the wall, then you go back to Slick again, then you go back yeah. to the wall again. So yeah. that's the one that made me feel like an idiot. Uh, I didn't get stuck, but it, it, I did waste a lot of time, because, like, am I really supposed to just say, well, you're fucked, and then just go back and talk? Because when I went to talk to him, that was for shits and giggles, because it's like, well, I can't find out what to do. You're stuck here, kid. And it's like, oh, he gave me another bomb. I didn't know he had one. So... Now I can keep going with the game. It's like, oh, that was silly. I got stuck on that same point, and I spent so much time looking in the water. Like, it just, I guess it really threw me off that there was water, but it for no reason. Going back to mechanics that I never really learned, it took me a while to realize that I could swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the weird swim, too, because it is, it's not slow, so you don't get a sense that you're in water. It's more like an infinite jump zone. It's uh, it's really uh, impressive that they made swimming that makes Mega Man 8 swimming look good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't the swimming the same as Castlevania swimming? I didn't know there was Castlevania. Eh, Castlevania swimming works a little better in that um, I believe it's a, the gravity is a little lower than it is here, and also you don't have to be so strict in timing your swim presses, your jump. Yeah. So it's more okay. like space jumping underwater. 
yeah, yeah, actually, the strictness of it does make it feel like space jumping. Yeah. Oh, yeah, jumping on top of the jellyfish's head. Did any yeah. of that? I thought jumping on top of the jellyfish is what's required to get out. It is. Yeah, if you get stuck in the water. Yeah, that was another one that's like, God damn it. Isn't the jellyfish lightning a one-hit kill, too? No. It does, no. It does a ton of damage, but it's not one-hit kill. Oh, uh, well, best case scenario, it's a three-hit kill. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun having to micromanage your health every step of the way to make sure, okay, I gotta make sure I don't die in one hit to this next enemy. Which is why I resorted to the super safe, save every room, never take a hit kind of thing. Cause you never know when you just get hit twice in a row before you even have a chance to quickly hit C and then get out of melon to save yourself or switch players so you don't have to take that second hit. That makes the game feel really long and I found on my second playthrough when I know the game a lot better, uh, it feels like I sit down and crank out a world in, like, no time flat. Because oh. I can play a lot farther without having to reload saves. Once I got the World 3, I felt like it started making progress a lot faster. But I don't I know. know. I, also I feel like I got to a grinding halt when I got to World 4. Oh, God. World 4 is the one that I'm talking about in particular. The first three worlds were not that bad to me. It's World 4 that that's when that really started happening. Should I spoil it for yourself? What's on, what's going on in World 4? Trust me, I could not possibly care less about this. Ice thing. physics. <laughs> really shitty fucking ice physics, man. Uh, so if you yeah, thought the well, camera, I love ice levels. If you thought camera, the camera was bad then, wait till you go so friggin' fast that they come out faster than you can blink your damn eyeballs. <laughs> eyelids. That reminds me of how Monster World 4 has that awesome super long ice dungeon. I never, never really cared for that. See, I, I can understand why it would be frustrating, but also like, it's such a sensibly laid out maze. It gives me so much satisfaction to <laughs> plot where everything is, as opposed to Popful Mail, where it's just kind of whatever. Yeah. Monster, Monster World Four. Yeah. yeah, but I just cheated in that dungeon in Monster World Four. Yeah. How'd you? You cheat? know, cheat. there are codes you have to find. To oh. open certain doors. So you just looked them up? No, I just guessed. Oh, wait, like, wasn't that the, wasn't that the like, ice prison? Yeah. yeah. Ice pyramid, I mean? They're like three-part codes, and there are only three oh, things okay. that each of them can be, so... Oh, it's coming back to me. Is that's, that three-choose-three uh, three or three-pick-three? Three? That's three-pick-three. Three. Okay. Oh, I, I want to ask, and I'm sorry I had to... I'm kind of rewinding this back to the first question. Uh, were you guys always keeping up with the current weapons and armor? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I tried to. My yeah, first playthrough, I would farm and get everything as soon as it came out. And on my second playthrough, I'm finding I already know what I like for each part of the game. So, like, World 3, I largely use Mail. So I only bothered upgrading her. And then I had some extra cash, so I upgraded Gaw. Right. So I guess this is one of the things, kind of why I asked the question about its first place, is that even when you're getting the best stuff, Enemies still do a shit ton of damage, like 30 apiece. And it's like, you think the whole point of getting better weapons and armor was that you take less damage. But sometimes I actually found that, like, what the difference between the silver mail and whatever came before it was literally a difference of two. So instead of doing 30 damage, they did 28. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell is going on with this game? I think the game does... Possibly because of the working designs modification, get into that nonsensical numbers area where you can upgrade your stats 
and in no way affect the gameplay. Like, enemies will still take two hits, and you'll still die in three hits, despite the fact that you bought new gear. But it is, even if you don't care for the armor or the shield, you do at least need the new weapons, because they have properties that make them more useful. Yeah, like the extra range. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and eventually the weapons, because of whatever the damage formula is, will just start doing only one damage, so <laughs> you do need to upgrade them. Yeah. So yeah, I brought that up again because um, it's actually a more extreme version of what would happen to me in Yeast of Morgana, but even in Yeast of Morgana, you can still take way more hits. Yeah, I kind of wish provided- we played East 3 instead of uh, Popful Mail if we wanted a Falcon platformer. Yeah, but East 3 also really, you know... Not yeah, good. Not good. <laughs> does and, but the thing have is, voice like, acting? It, yeah. it does on Turbo. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The main reason that I say it's a more extreme version, because remember that damn peacock dragon where it's like, oh, I bought the new weapon. Now he dies way faster, and I don't have to spend 15 minutes just fighting this one dude and then dying in two hits. Now I can take way more hits, but with Puffle Mail, I didn't get that at all. It's like, I'm still dying really fast. Actually, uh, well, what you're talking about in... Oath and Felgana happened a lot in Terranigma. Yeah. Terranigma has that problem too. In Oath and Felgana, my experience is just that the action is really good, so I don't care. Like, I don't care if I die in two hits because I want to learn how to play the boss battle better. Like, it's fun. Not for me. That peacock, uh, the peacock dragon was definitely a sour spot because when you're doing, when you're acting to the same patterns over and over, it's like, and you're reeling, like, kicking his ass only for him to, like, hit you twice. This just doesn't do it for me. That's just, like, lame. Why am I dying so fast? Oh, it's because I don't have the current weapon. I don't have, the, like, my current armor. So now I can actually survive instead of him, you know, beating me that quickly. Sorry, which boss do you mean by the peacock dragon? It's it's the one in the ice after you get the earth magic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite one. That guy's that awesome. That one sucks. That stupid raining ice attack that you have no idea where the hell those things are going to land because it's like the most poor use of 3D space. Not my favorite. But anyways, uh, diverging bit. So yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at with the balance in Papa Mail is that even when you want to try to make the game easier for yourself, you really can't. And the thing is, like, I can't do any more than this. So as far as player control difficulty... It's way harder than I would than you would think for an RPG to get into that sweet spot for you. If you want to control difficulty, your main option is buying more food. Yeah, buying more food. You know, pro- provided you get the money for it, and provided the bosses don't combo you so quickly that you lose. Yeah. If you die before you can get a chance. Now it's time to pop open the lid on how we felt. Let's talk about what we liked and what we didn't. I guess we'll just go to the last questions, which is what specifically did you like about gameplay in general? Well, even if boss patterns were pretty ornery and like... Like Chargon is just such a stupid repetitive boss. Um... (laughs) At least it means that they're easy to learn, and uh, even if it's kind of weird how you fight them, at least it's not hard to learn. 
You know, it, you have like one or two bits of complexity, and I can digest that. Okay. What about you, Shadi? What did you like about Puffle Mail in general? Like we talked about voice a lot of the Okay, voice acting. Yeah, I think that's really the reason why I wanted to play it. I wasn't really expecting much out of the game design. I thought it was just going to be another generic platformer action game, like Monster World Four. Did you just call Monster World Four generic? Monster World 4 sucks. Stand I down. You, I thought you hated Monster World 4, Golem. It's my least favorite of the Wonder Boys that I've played, but it's still... Like, <laughs> I guess it just wounds me to hear it mentioned in the same breath as Popful Mail. Okay, well, I'll, I mean, it's not generic. Uh, it does have that pet mechanic. Also, I wish to change my answer to the voices, because, like, Tato's voice in particular I thought was really amusing. Really? I liked. Yeah, I liked. Uh, what was his name? The the guy from the beginning of the game. Slick. No, no, no. In the first cutscene. Uh, oh, 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 Nutscracker. Montel. Yeah, Nutscracker. Yeah, he oh, yeah. actually he was really cool too. No, I did not like him. That nutty. He's really. Accent. I I liked his voice so much I didn't mind hearing his voice again whenever I died at him. <laughs> The voice acting really wore on me. Like, I enjoyed it at first, and then by the time I was at Fincicio, I was done with it. I also didn't like Gaul's voice, and I started playing as him a lot, and then that was just annoying. I think Male and Slick were my favorites. It's yeah. Not, I always had a rule where if I died, I would turn the voice off until I got past that section. But but do you want to hear what the other characters have to say? I well yeah, I would cycle through them first. But I also <laughs> typically died millions and millions of times. Yeah. I think Gaul had the best game over quote. <laughs> well, what was it? I never got a I, game over with Gaul. Oh, it's something uh, I think I, I can hear that. balloons. What? what? No, yeah, it's something like <laughs> No, that's one of them. What do you mean hear balloons? That's what he says. I thought he said loons, but if he's actually saying balloons, that's pretty funny. Loons? What what are you mean hearing loons? I don't don't think loons makes any more sense. Uh, Yeah, that's why I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Goss starts out pretty (laughs) unentertaining, but I think as the game goes on, his dialogue gets, uh, he's pretty crass to some people. Yeah, I like that. I feel like Gaw is completely in the right, no matter how much of a foul mouth he might be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that has a layer of amusement to it. I didn't know Gaw was foul mouth. Well, like, he doesn't swear, but he is, like, very... Blunt? Like, he's, like, slick, but not an asshole. Yeah. Because, like, slick was, like, being a jerk to Gaw with his stupid bombs. Yeah. And then Gaw's like, I'm just here. Gaw's a whiny baby. No, he's not. He's the opposite of one. Oh, he's such a whiny baby. (laughs) Slick is the whiny baby. So the the legend about the warrior, the elf, and the dwarf, that's... The warrior (laughs) is the three main characters. The dwarf is the guy from the mine level, and the elf is Slick, right? What? That's what that's going for? That I can't. I can't. I right. Okay. No. Here's what I got from that. I thought the I first, at first I thought the elf and the warrior were dead. That's what I thought. But then that one cutscene where you see Sven 
I'm thinking, okay, because the way he and the dwarf, the old dwarf guy you find in level three, the way they talk to each other makes me think that Sven was the warrior. And, of course, the dwarf is dwarf. I still have no idea who the elf is supposed oh, to. I thought all three of those guys were dead. That was like no, millennia ago. No, because it, the Mumbles dwarf... Still be alive. He's old. Yeah, the dwarf guy says that he's the one who, like, made the seal. And it's like, wait, if he made the seal that sealed him in the war in the first place, well, obviously he's got to be the one that was there. By the way, is this Mumbles the same one as from Dick Tracy? I <laughs> Um, I I didn't mean literally. I meant like those characters were parallel. No, yeah. wouldn't no, but if there are parallels here, then wouldn't Mayo be the warrior, Tato be the elf, and God be the dwarf? Yeah, I could see that reading. Yeah. Yeah. Gaw's a lot larger that. than he's supposed to be in in like. In game, actually. Yeah. I guess what I specifically did like about the general gameplay, well, at first, was that, of course, you know, Popful, she has a decent jump height, so you get some decent, you could get some decent platforming. And her attack was nice and long, so, you know, it wasn't a pain in the ass to hit guys. You actually get some cool platforming in the third world. Yeah. Once, the, once you get out of the mine stage. Oh yeah. Speaking of cool platforming, at the end of the game, I feel like the platforming has it just reaches a phenomenal peak. Yeah, they start tossing. In oh my god, no! Phenomenal? Wait, it gets awful. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's Whoa, the best god. part of the game. It well, sucks. No, I got. Okay, not. Now it's, it's nice and challenging. Phenomenal. I'm gonna have to see for myself then, because I'm at the second part of World Five. What specifically did you like about the general gameplay? Like, uh, even if it's just like the general idea of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, characters having different attacks is good. Or, like, different weapon types, that's always cool. It just wasn't implemented well because of the way that they supersede each other, statistically. And then, uh, I also do like the uh, level-based adventure structure, where instead of a fully interconnected world like Metroid... You have uh, just a series of sort of dungeon-like levels connected by a world map. I am uh, always preferential to that just because it's nice to get a breather, and it's also nice to... I think a lot of the fun of a maze is uh, experiencing the beginning of it, and so you get a refresher uh, with each new stage. But, yeah, it just doesn't matter when the game's not any fun to play. Yeah. So now it's time for y'all to let it all out. What specifically, or I'm sorry, not what specifically, what in general did you not like? So avoid mentioning like specific enemies that you hate or bosses that you hate. Just like stuff in general. Like for me, uh, I can't stand the camera. So yourself, you first. <laughs> uh, well, the things I just said I liked were all like paired with things I said I didn't like. I think I like... Uh, all of those were actually things more like that I would have liked, except that instead they were things I didn't like. Like the weapons, like the stats just fucking it up. <laughs> I am not a huge fan of on-the-fly character swapping either. Again, when it comes to learning the game, I think an important aspect of pacing is repetition. And an important aspect of that is consistency or uh, reproducibility, and when you choose to play a stage as a character, 
like in Super Mario Brothers 2, you know that you're going to be able to do the entire stage with that character. You don't need to constantly reevaluate situations based on your ability set. Like, well, you you reevaluate the based on your ability set, but you don't reevaluate your ability set. You don't say like, oh, can Luigi just not get past this part? In Popful Mail, there are never like real hard dead ends where you can't get by without switching to a certain character. But you switch to there's... Goth, it's platforming. Yeah, and... and and there are bosses where you definitely need a character, one specific character. It just gives it uh, a really terrible flow, which mm-hmm. is weird because I like it in Demon's Crest, but I thought it was not good here. All right. Shouty, how about you? I just don't like the game. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a boring, mediocre experience that <laughs> I, I just regret having cho- thrusting this yeah, upon like, you guys. Keep in mind, Shouty, that we could have played Doom 2. I know. Doom we could have played Paper Mario. We could have... Well, you know, Shouty also (laughs) got us to play Ball Cube, and I don't think anything can take that away. Yeah, it can. Yeah, Ball Cube is fun. Making us play Powerful Man. (laughs) (laughs) Especially over Doom 2. And Greg, what about you? It's hard to point to a specific feature of the gameplay, and I think it would be more effective to say that just the balance is off. Everything is tweaked to some annoying angle. And so, like, more than anything specific about the gameplay, it would be uh, all of the tweaks applied to every corner of the gameplay are off. Okay. I get. I feel like most of you guys covered what I would have said. I guess one, one thing that I almost don't even know what to think about and that is, what do you think about the fact that if you die with any of the characters, you game over instead of having each of them? Oh, you know, uh, yeah. Die. I know. Damn it. <laughs> I wanted to say that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it worked in Shinneketsu Koha. I think I just... Oh, I, was, I was just about to bring that up. It works in Shinneketsu Koha because deaths don't come out of the blue. Right. Oh, yeah. And you also... Yeah. Not to mention, you seamlessly switch between characters, so there's no, like, go to the pause screen. Like, oh, yeah, in you Puffle can see Mail, all their health right at the bottom. Yeah, in Puffle Mail, I just don't feel like switching characters. It's like, I'll just play the frame again, whatever. I don't care anymore. Another. This is stupid, but I was really grateful for the elixir because it meant I could die and not have to sit through the game over screen. I could just reload after using an elixir. Oh yeah, that's like a little. Yeah. It, it's like a little convenient safety net. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had I got really clingy to the elixir because if I had health items, I would use those instead of elixir. Yeah. Because elixir would give you full health. And they're finite too. Yeah. Because I noticed that I only have two. It's like, I can always just buy another melon. I can't buy another elixir. I've never seen a shop that sells one. I can't can't buy another sun. The the last (laughs) shop in the game has elixirs you can buy. Oh, thank God. But that's not to say that you shouldn't hang on to your elixirs in case you really need them. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't get to the harder parts of the game, obviously, but I just 
I gave up on stressing myself out ever trying to keep the elixir and just, you know, use it up right away and played on without it. Yeah, that can't take a load off. I, I actually had to do that recently, so now I don't have any more elixirs. So now I just got to suck it up and play without them. All right. I think that's all Kirby. we got. What? You said suck it up. Kirby. <laughs> All right, yourself, any final words? I'm uploading that uh, FN Falgana video. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Shouty, any final words? I take an oath to never fail in choosing the next game. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a joke about Ghana. Oh, God. Okay. I guess that'd be a little tasteless, right? Oh, yeah. And Greg, I right, Golem. Any final words? Well, um, I don't know how I feel about knowing this game as well as I do. I feel like maybe I've wasted part of my brain. I cannot <laughs> believe you took the time to play it multiple times. Well, I wanted to be ready for the pop podcast. Yeah, but all that bitching you did about not wanting to play it and like, oh, I'm just going to sit this one out and you guys can suck it up. <laughs> uh, and all that stuff, and then you played it like eight times. Well, I mean, you know, the uh, crowd of players was thin enough as is, and uh, if I'm going to play it, I'm at least going to play it right. Yeah, because no one wants to play this stupid game. Okay. <laughs> it keeps me from having to basically rant for 45 minutes about every single Glasgow game. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're gonna. I'm gonna have a field day talking about these bosses. So that's the second podcast. You don't have to come if you don't want to. Can we talk about what about a podcast on NPCs? Yeah, All right, that, that NPCs. Um, it was really just like the back and forth stuff the game is making you do, and that's all I really meant by NPC interaction, because that's that's such like an adventure game thing that uh, I wanted to bring that up. And for the most part, I don't really think we had much to say about it. It was just a sort of, it's it's there, and it can sign it, kind of fuck you over. If, you know, you don't know there's a specific person you need to talk to or talk to twice in some cases, or it, it's just really making you go back through the same area like two or three times over, like that part with Slicky. Slicky? Slick. Why do you call him Slicky? I think that's what he calls himself. Uh, Slicky Warbucks. Yeah, he's a... He's a, he's a Great A loser. I kind of love him because he's so pathetic. Like when he starts screaming about it, he's claustrophobic. I don't I think, think he's the pathetic. best slick I moment. He's pretty cool. Um, are you like? Are you Glug? What's that? The dwarf <laughs> Glug? Yeah. No, I didn't like him. He was stupid he was a little, and weird. Yeah. Why did he sound like a girl? Oh, yeah, the penguin knights were super fucking awesome. I got a kick out of Oh, God, that. the penguins are the most entertaining characters. And he sounds like goddamn Daffy Duck. That was awesome. It's great.
So in conclusion, when talking about balance, there are a lot of factors that come into play, and oftentimes, no one is solely responsible for being out of balance. It's important to note that working designs did tamper with the damage values. However, it isn't just that by itself, but the way it's intertwined with the save system, the lack of health drops, the placement of shops, the hidden vulnerability, the camera, lack of knockback on enemies, and the effectiveness of ranged attacks against a mostly melee enemy roster that affected the pace and flow of gameplay. All music from this podcast was taken from Popful Mail, the Sega CD release. Your host was Adrian Santiago, and I, Greg Livingston, a.k.a. Golem, have been your producer. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.